listening to Episode 7 of Season 5 of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. In this episode, Old Wine and Gatorade. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Diana. And we're going to be talking about leadership in organizations. Leadership in organization happens at all levels and takes many forms. So Sharon, we've been doing a lot of our podcasts mm-hmm. based on things that we read in a Harvard Business Review. Um, it's a good they're they're good conversation starters, good thought starters, articles that are in there. But um, I know that sometimes their treatment is not exactly what. What we would hope for, or the authors that they choose, is not what we would hope for. And so I was wondering if we could have a conversation about that. Well, I think, yeah, I'd be glad to have a conversation about that because um, a couple of days ago I picked up the um, last month's issue, and there's an article in there, the title of which is World's Greatest Coach. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I should take a look at that, right? Since I do lots of coaching, I thought. So I opened it up, and there's this article about Sir yeah. Alec Ferguson. Ferguson. Right. He's a, the, he's a soccer, soccer coach. Slash football for, coach. For the yeah. Manchester United. Guardian, yeah, Manchester United. Yeah. And I, I was looking through it, and it was making me so angry that I decided I had to put it aside because it was really late at night and I didn't want to get my blood pressure up because <laughs> I wouldn't be able to go to sleep. But, my goodness, they are talking out of both sides of their mouth. I mean, yeah. the Harvard Business Review, in the sense that so much of what they've published lately, and rightfully so, has been about um, um, looking at leadership as much more of a of a shared responsibility and looking at leadership as um, a way of you know leading and following and following and leading mm-hmm. and collaboration and all of those things that uh, you and I both advocate for and and I think right. try to live in the way we do what we do. And the little glimpses that I read of this article, I mean, this is a guy who um, maybe compared to some coaches would seem enlightened, but man, he, he the part I, my eye lit on was where he was talking about, make no mistake about it, you know, I make sure the players know who's in charge and who's in control. You can never let them get the upper hand. I mean, when you're dealing with everybody who's a millionaire, blah, 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 you know. So there is never any doubt about, you know, who's in charge. And I thought, I, really? I can't even read any more of this. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I remember I, when I read that article. Now that you now that yeah. you bring it up, I, when I read that article, I it, it also made me reflect on the podcast that we did a while back on coaching, mentoring, sponsoring, mm-hmm. and how what he's talking about is actually a whole other thing that has to do with uh, yes, running his organization, but also it, I mean it's not it didn't really fall into any of those categories. That we that we were talking about, where you really help people 
find their own path to do the job they need to do in, in a number of different ways. So, yeah, I Right. Totally. I mean, I think he's talking about coaching in the old model um, of I'm the coach, I pick the players, I groom the players, you know, all of that. And he may be a wonderful exemplar of that school of being, but, but to put that in, in, in a, in a business journal that has tried to educate people that there's a different way of running organizations. Yeah. It's not only wrong, but it, I, I think it would be so confusing to people. Yeah. You know, and so I don't, I don't get what Why the rationale do for doing that would be. Yeah. And every once in a while they do that kind of thing, and it really, really irritates me because I It feels I think, like they're pandering. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether that, I don't know that that, I can't ascribe a motivation to them. Right. But the way it, I perceive it, it feels like pandering. Like you wanted an article where you could say world's greatest coach. And so you picked this guy and the content really doesn't matter so much as the marketing potential. And And now, yeah. And and that's not what you expect from Harvard Business Review, which has been a respected and then and yeah. then and then they did something that I think was almost almost equally egregious this last issue which just came out um where you know everyone now is jumping on the agility bandwagon yes. yeah so they have an article called emotional agility yeah hello yeah. <laughs> i mean really so so what they've done is um there's, there's nothing wrong with the content. I mean, the content is about uh, like a four-step process to try to be more aware, more in touch with your emotions, mm-hmm. understand how they're influencing what you um, do or say, whether you're in a leadership role or a, yeah. um, you know, any, any, any role where you're really interacting yeah. with people. Um, kind of slowing down that process so that you have you exercise more choice over how you respond. Oh, the thing that we've always talked about, which is self awareness and self management. Hello, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and but they've given it this fancy title mm-hmm. of emotional agility, as if it it's burned. a new idea. Yeah, and so that irritated me, and it it also bastardizes the whole idea of agility. So now agility is just going to become another buzzword that um, everybody has to have agility. Right? Oh, well, yeah, we're well on our way to that. Yeah, right, yeah. and I'm sure you see that oh, in a gajillion yeah. Yeah. places, but yeah. what value does that serve? How does that help people yeah, really I'm learn not, anything new? Yeah, I'm not... I'm not surprised anymore when that happens um, because I've, I've just seen it over and over again by this point, you know, the sort of old wine and new bottles, and, right. you know, and I don't mind it so much when, when the source acknowledges or when, when, the, when the creator of the content or the right. creator of the new buzzword acknowledges that that we all stand on the shoulders of giants. 
right? That, that they didn't think this up whole cloth, that it is a part of a stream of evolving thought. Um, and, you know, I, it, and it dismays me when I see it in a place like Harvard Business Review. Um, I, I think of, I hold them to a higher standard, I guess, is my, is my thing. I expect more from them. And I expect them to, um, you know, just just acknowledge that that this is all an evolution. You know, we used to um, in our in our marketing materials years and years ago. We we included a quote by James Burke. Right, uh, right, right, right. That you know, things that sit still get eaten. And right. So you know, right. you got to keep moving or die. Yeah. You know, you got to. And and that and that reminds me of the TV show that he did a few years, probably twenty five years ago now or thirty years ago, called Connections. Yes, my dear, we're dating yourself. I know, but all right. But it was it's a wonderful show, and it and it and the thing I really valued about that show was that he did show mm-hmm. or he demonstrated through these you know all these different stories that he told about how technological and philosophical and and you know all th- progress in thinking happens because it builds on the work of previous folks and right. that we all are a part of a continuing stream and and this whole um marketing i mean it's basically i think comes out of our maybe we're not in the age of information or the age of industrialization we're just in the age of marketing you know (laughs) (laughs) where it's all the age of image and marketing and um yeah and it's kind of sad to see that i you know it in the harvard business review to to see that they're and i suppose they do have that challenge of we not only have to provide quality content but we also have to market our journal Right, and they are you know? competing for people's yeah. attention, of course. Yeah. But, you know, there was something I was reading the other day about about Agile. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about Agile software, and somebody had written something to the effect of, "Well, we're 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 moving from from the idea of Agile teams to the idea of self-directed teams." What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I thought, what planet is this person on? As if they don't, I mean, they don't understand that Agile can trace its roots back to self-directed teams and self-managing right. teams. And all of that right. stuff done by Trist and Emery, you know, 40 years ago in England... 60 years ago in England. Now. Is it 60 Yeah, now? right. Yeah. Anyway, it was an astonishing sentence, and I wish I had, had um, yeah. thought to write down where I saw it, because, because I'm sure you know this person. And, um, <laughs> then maybe it's best you didn't write it down. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it just amazed me. And so... Is that a fault of the way the way people or the way we teach, the way people learn, what people is it just people's, you know, um, anxiety to 
to be able to say, I've got the latest and greatest new idea because they, they're driven by marketing concerns. I mean, I, I, I well, don't want to attribute yeah. it just to people being idiots, but... Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think it's people being idiots. And I'm not sure there's a fault exactly because I don't really want to think in those terms. But what I do notice, and this is going to be one of those... Uh, cantankerous get off my lawn kind of moments but what I do notice as I get older I I I see people um who are younger than me mm. uh, however much younger yeah that would be most of going, the world yeah. now I know it's sad isn't <laughs> well, it well um well but that's a different <laughs> different topic later but but um that the people discovering things. And I think about how I discovered things. And I wonder now about when I was discovering things in my 30s and 40s and latching onto new ideas. I wonder if there were people around then that were in their 60s going, oh, honey. And I do remember going to, um, uh, it was actually at uh, American Society for Training and Development Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, in Orlando, funny enough, I can kind of picture the whole thing. And, uh, and this would have been, you know, 20 years ago or so. And probably ta- more, ta- actually, talking to somebody about, about, about something, a, and a guy, a guy who was a consultant who was qu- quite a bit older than me. And I was telling, we were having a conversation about, some new thing. I don't even remember what it was, but it had to do with instructional strategies or design. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, yes, people are talking about it that way now, but it's really old wine and new bottles. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I remember it because it's the first time I had ever heard that idiom, that phrase, the old wine and new bottles. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, and, and so clearly that's been around <laughs> On time, yeah. <laughs> that awareness of ideas do cycle back around, and and there is, and each time, I mean, the hope is that it's a, it's a, it's a spiral that progresses that doesn't just sort of drill itself into one hole, going cycling around and around with the right, same old same some, old ideas. Some yes. new right. Angle. Hopefully, there's some new angle that distinguishes self-awareness so that you can self-manage from emotional agility. And and I've gotten, so that's what I look for. It's like, has this person who is not acknowledging any history to this idea, which irritates me, but mm-hmm. okay, that just seems like it keeps happening. Um, have they, what have they added? Is there anything, any, is any part of this that isn't wasn't already known, and so your example of the the you know all agile's moving in the direction of self directed teams to me would say, oh my God, they're taking us backwards, not forwards. Right, right. I I expect that agile will evolve, and I I've always said that. Of course, you know that that there's more to learn. We don't even know what we don't know yet about it. But I would hope that it would unfold in a new direction. So 
first there first at least the first I heard of it, people mm-hmm. were talking about self-managing teams. I know there were things before that. Um and then that be, then people said, well, managing isn't quite the right word. We're really kind of taking control of our own work. We're not, you know, managing in the manager sense, right. which was confusing. So then they started talking about direct self-directing. I was thrilled when Agile came on the scene, and they started talking. They were really talking about self-organizing, mm-hmm. which seemed to me to be well. It came for one thing. It comes out of the complexity sciences that yeah, and that's a little bit different. That you know, and so I would hope that the next evolution of that would add something new to it. Would, um, you know, and maybe it maybe it's um, what we're hearing now about co-working spaces, mm-hmm. sort of self-organizing teams that aren't actually a part of the same company, mm-hmm. you know, but that are, that are self-organizing uh, across organizations, or I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going, but I would, I, that's the sort of thing I look for. It's like, how are we carrying this idea forward? And, yeah. and so yeah. the other example of um, Alex Ferguson, mm-hmm. when, when we've had, when we have a lot of new information about coaching in business and coaching for the purposes of helping people reach higher performance, higher productivity, getting everybody in the same boat so that we're all aligned around a common purpose, those kinds of things, to then go back and hold up a soccer coach who's not doing things in a new way as the world's greatest. Well, maybe he's the world's greatest coach in a very narrow niche that includes other coaches of football for the kinds of purposes they are trying to accomplish. I don't know. I don't right. know enough about that world. Right. But I would suspect he's not the world's greatest coach for the kinds of situations that you and I find ourselves in. Exactly. Where we are trying to help people learn to be coaches that are effective in their context. And that's what would you know that's what's a little disturbing about that it's like you know this the the kind well, of its grand and, sweep of and and the, yeah. the 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 um the explanation of what made him the greatest right. was the number of titles that Manchester United has won yeah so if 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 the purpose of being a great coach is to win yeah hello I mean that doesn't really translate to the environment in which no. we we're using the term coaching which is to help people accomplish what right. they what right. they want to accomplish and do it better well, and more effectively. Well, and for me it smacks so much of also 15 20 years ago um the same kind of the the same kind of accolades that were given to Jack Welch. Jack Welch, that's what I knew you were going to say. Yeah, that. around, you know, and shareholder value is the win. Well, turns out shareholder value takes our economy into the dumper. And even Jack Welch acknowledges that now. Yeah. And says that he was misguided yeah. at that time. Yeah. But everybody was holding him up as, oh my God, this is the best guy ever. Right. Right. You know, and so I'm always wary 
of that. Sure. Uh, you know, the greatest, the best. It's like, given what we know now, this is what we kind of think greatness might look like. <laughs> it's a little more <laughs> accurate. And we're open to new thoughts about that because we don't know how this is going to work out. Right. Well, Although there were a lot of people who were saying shareholder value is a really bad idea even then. But, but yeah. the, the whole idea that, we, that, that we're driven to label things as the greatest, the best, uh, is kind of a, yeah. a craziness in and of well, itself. Yeah, well, and that, I mean, where that gets played out a lot is the whole idea of best practices in right. organizations. Right, right where slowly but surely it seems like a lot of organizations now are figuring out that there are good practices that right. work really well in certain contexts right. and might give you some ideas about what might work in this new context, but there's no such thing as a best practice that you could just well, apply and apply you and know, apply I, and apply. I guess, I guess what this conversation is reminding me of is that, you know, People want a magic bullet mm -hmm. or silver bullet, you know. Right. I mean, they want, they want a simple solution or formula or recipe. If I just do it this way, it's right. cool. And it will work and everything will be good. And what we know from dealing with complex organizations is that yeah. complexity simply does not allow that. Right. Um, so it, it, it really flies in the face of everything that you and I know mm -hmm. is, is actually real. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's kind of an illusion. And it, it just makes me angry that um, people will sell books, sell magazines, sell you know, speaking engagements, trying to say, just follow my method and all will be well. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. snake oil. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, thanks. I feel better now so, having gotten that off my chest. I was really irritated. <laughs> well, and I will just say that um, we are not the first people to notice <laughs> that there is no silver bullet. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, and I want to, you know, make sure that um, nobody thinks that we thought that up. It's, Hardly. Uh, it's, we are one of a, a long stream of business philosophers who say there is no silver bullet. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. And um, we hope you'll keep listening and we enjoy reading your comments. Please leave a comment on our blog or email us info at futureworksconsulting.com. Or find us on Twitter at FutureWKS. This has been Episode 7 of Season 5 of Partnerships and Possibilities. Thanks for listening.